Hello, welcome to Dismantling Injustice, the podcast of Brooklyn Community Bail Fund. I am Carl um, Hammond Lipscomb, um, BCBF's Director of Advocacy and Policy. I'm here with Saleh Israel, the producer of this podcast and BCBF's Director of Special Initiatives. And today it's just Saleh and I, and we are talking about, um, you know, a few headlines that we've been, you know, that we've seen um, in the news over the last few weeks related to support for Black-led social movements from large corporations. Um, specifically, um, I read a Fortune magazine article um, a few days ago, um, which mentioned that over the last year, corporations have committed $50 billion to racial equity. Um, and, you know, a lot of this, um, you know, most of this was in the aftermath of George Floyd's um, killing. Um, companies, um, you know, both received um, more scrutiny, but also wanted to demonstrate that they supported black people. Um, so they committed $50 billion to racial equity. Um, but to date, um, as of right now, only $250 million has actually been allocated um, as of this month. So out of $50, $50 billion committed, only $250 million has gone out the door or there's like a plan for $250 million to, to, to actually be spent. Um, you know, so that was in Fortune magazine um, in the last couple of weeks, Vice, um, Vice and Marketplace um, ran similar stories about unfulfilled corporate commitments to black communities. And so I guess, Sally, I was hoping to, you know, I know that you have some experience um, through your work here at BCBF in working with um, Black-led organizations and in specifically um, su supporting and helping to build networks between companies that say they want to support Black communities and the organizations that serve those communities. So I was hoping to get your, I mean, one, um, what are your thoughts on these stories? Like, what do you, what comes to mind for you when you hear that, you know, like of the $50 billion that Black communities were promised, only a year later, $250 million of it is really, you know, has actually been allocated. It, the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, what inspired the commitment to give $50 million, $50 billion in the first place? Uh, what, was it a true and genuine commitment to acknowledging what was wrong and trying to play a role in fixing it? Or was it a commitment to getting from under the scrutiny in the moment? Or literally like black exploitation, like let's find a way that we can use what's going on to make us more relevant in, in terms of community, consumer communities. Uh, you know, the, the black dollar, you know, there's been much written about where the black dollar goes, where it doesn't go, where it doesn't stay. Uh, so was this a matter of, look, you know, we know that people look at us because our products, you know, what we produce is being consumed in mass in these communities and we want to make sure that we're covered. And if that's the case, once this money is, is, is being, you know, committed, what's the incentive beyond the scrutiny to make sure that the money gets where it needs to go? So, and, and how, do, how do we keep, keep the, you know, keep up the pressure to ensure that those commitments are fulfilled? I think that's what these articles are about, right? These articles are about attempts to hold accountable people who say they care about a thing and are in positions of power to change and, and assist with creating change with a particular area and issue and not actually following up and acting on that. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the thing that sticks out to me about all of these is just like, and, you know, we talk about this all the time, like companies, people come out of the woodworks when there's a tragedy um, and they, you know, they say they want to support our communities, they want to support black communities, they want to support people that are directly impacted, they want to support immigrants. Um, but once that, you know, once the crisis, once the media has moved on from the crisis, those companies disappear. And, you know, in some ways it feels as though those companies disappeared here before they actually did anything. Mm. Um, they did the work of, they put their money where their mouths are, but they didn't, um, to use another cliche, they, you know, their actions didn't speak louder than their words. They didn't actually, you know, like send the money out the door. They just made, you know, a verbal commitment. Um, and it's hard for, you know, I think that, for our communities with, you know, it's hard for us to hold companies, you know, we're, we're holding, we're trying to hold companies accountable. We're trying to hold police officers accountable. We're trying to hold policymakers accountable. We're trying to hold, you know, like one another accountable. It's hard often for us to, you know, we have to pick and choose um, our fights. Um, so, I mean, you know, like in some ways, I, you know, I appreciate that these articles that someone is holding, um, you know, these companies accountable. And, and then I'll just, you know, just to be fair, we may, as BCBF, as you know, made a commitment to, like, really support black-led social change. Mm -hmm. And we did that through a re-grant project. Uh, and, you know, that commitment, we, we, we talked about in the beginning was we wanted that commitment to be beyond just the money. And when we made that commitment, we didn't know what that meant, right? So the money is the easiest thing to track. But I just want to say, even for us, as we made this commitment and we want to make it real, for the people that we granted money to and the people beyond, there are, there's a lot still happening to figure out and define what that is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in the moment of, of a company saying we want to give this money, in that moment, they have, usually have no idea what that means for them, right? And it's okay to say we didn't know what that meant. And because we didn't know what that meant, we need to take time now to step back and figure out how we can make this money have impact. Because this also doesn't mean, oh, we got 50 billion. Let's just nonchalantly just give money everywhere because that's also not the solution, right? We saw that after Ferguson where a lot of money was given out and whether or not the money had impact or not is controversial at this phase. But could people have been more thoughtful about how they went about giving money and how they expected that money to be implemented and impacted the communities they gave it to? So I want to acknowledge that. However, there seems to be something different happening here because these companies haven't taken the opportunity to say you know, we made this commitment, and what this means is we need to do more research. We need to get on the ground and talk to people to figure out what it means to give this money away. And not just, because it's, and, and, and I think we're going to talk about this, this is a matter of much more than just money, right? I used to call them limousine liberals, you know, people who drive into communities that, are, that, that, are, that, are, that need a lot of assistance and just throw money out the window, metaphorically speaking, and then keep it moving. And well, we gave you money. Well, you know, that's not always just the answer either. So... Commitment here to me means something more thoughtful than just saying getting money out the door. But there has also any been any outreach to say how do we get money out the door, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I just want to be I want to be fair with both of those things. And in being fair, I'm not letting off the hook. What I'm saying is that if this was a situation where you thought in terms of just dollars and cents, and you realize it took more than that, then why aren't you you know reaching out and engaging people to help you figure out what that is? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess that does lead me to my next question, though. Is money enough? Absolutely not. I mean, money, and what I mean by that is, you know, money 
there, there are definitely people and organizations out here that's doing meaningful work that are finding it very hard to, to sustain themselves in the work. You know, a lot of organizations that do the most meaningful work operate off of volunteers. People who literally make a choice between, you know, eating or their commitment to advance social change. And so, yes, money is important. However, infrastructure building is also important, right? If there's a small nonprofit that do great work and it exists because of the work they do, just giving them a million dollars is not just going to necessarily solve their problems. They also need to have access to the same type of infrastructural building blocks, that other organizations that are, get funding from traditional funders also get, which, which ironically is the reason why they don't get funding from those traditional places. They say they don't have the infrastructure, right? It's the revolving door, which is we would love to fund you, but we don't see how you're going to sustain yourself beyond our money. Mm-hmm. So to, to, to build real infrastructure that can create the type of power we need to create change, there needs to be money and the type of support that helps build longstanding organizations and interrelations between organizations that are supported. Which is some of the approach that we've taken and tr- well, we're trying to do this. It's not, it's, and I'm, I want to be clear, it's not an easy task to do. I, I, I'm not saying that there's some magic snap your finger and it just happens. I'm saying that I also don't see a real conversation, an acknowledgement that, you know, if we did overextend by, just think it was about money and we want to take a step back and, you know, be more meaningful, then I don't see anybody engaged in those conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and that's what's missing. So you need to have money, those conversations. And some serious insight from the people on the ground doing the work about what's necessary and what's needed mm-hmm. in, in conjunction with money. I think that that is, you know, yeah, I, I think that that to me is, is based on my the endeavors that we're doing here at BCBF. And, and, it's, and again, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Right. The money part's not easy. Uh, getting beyond the money parts is, is not is even more not easy because you, you can kind of placate somebody one with giving them money, having a meaningful conversation about, yeah, but after you give you this money, what's next? Uh, Putting somebody in a position to be able to answer that question is not always as simple and easy as it sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I pretty much I agree with you on this. I I guess like I think money is like the baseline, like at minimal. Like if you're not going to do anything mm-hmm. else, then yes, donate money. Um, you know, because like part of what I acknowledge is that like some companies, some like, you know, some people that, you know, really, really mean well and want to do something, just don't know how, they don't have the relationships to do it. Um, They're afraid of doing it. And I don't want them, you know, that like, you know, them not knowing what to do or being afraid and their need for political education for them to, you know, to become frozen when there is something very minimal they could do. like. They, your Amazon or your Warner Brothers or whomever, you know, like you could go through this intent, extensive process to figure out what to do, and you should do that. But while you do that, there's also an urgent need, um, and you should give money while you're doing that because we know that that's the least that you can do given how much our communities have helped you build your business. And, and I, th- I think in addition to that, like, the way they frame giving money. So it's not like they just want to give money. We want to give money for racial equality. That's not, I mean, they put themselves in this box by kind of like taking a cliche, you know, creating a cliche that is, is, is a really huge idea, right? Yeah. To assist the black community. <laughs> I mean, like, these are not small ideas. These are huge ideas. And I think, again, this goes back to what was the motivating factor behind making these commitments, Right. Oh, I see what's happening. Everybody's riled up. I want to make sure 
you know, we protect ourselves in the aftermath of what's about to happen. So, Niger, we're giving money, right? For what? For racial equality, for black community. You know, what does that mean? So, I, I think, so, it's almost like a, a self-fulfilling paralyzation. Yeah. When they realize, oh, did I say I was going to do that? What does it mean to do that? Or, it's like, I don't care what I said. Uh, now I'm going to look for the avenues I think that makes it look like I did that. Which, these are two separate, and I think that's what some of these articles are getting at, right? Is that, all right, some of these articles, they reached out to people who allegedly got it, didn't get, and it's like, all right, is this, a, is, is this smoke and mirrors, mirrors coming here? I think, you know, the Vice article was very clear that they couldn't get direct answers about why, how, how much, any of that. That's a step beyond just giving money, right? Though they're over, uh, there's a potentiality for other motives happening there, which we, which we just don't know. Mm-hmm. And they, they could be in good faith, they could be in bad faith. But the, 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 the inability to articulate and reach out to people that you, uh, that you claim that you were trying, as a collective, that you were trying to help, it leaves a void for those narratives to spin any way you want to spin, yeah. right? And, and, and I think, again, these type of articles trying to figure out, these type of investigative journalists trying to figure out where things are at, that it at least, if, 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 if there's not cause for accountability, it at least creates cause for, let's go sit back at the table and figure out and talk to someone about what we're trying to do and why we haven't done it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that I found funny, especially last year, was like a lot of these companies, every company in the world came out with some external statement. And I always found it funny when like they'd make a statement and then like their own employees that were black were like, well, wait a second. Like, you know, you can say this outside, but what about like what you're doing internally? It's sort of like, you know, like some of these companies didn't realize, oh, wait, there's a black person sitting like two cubicles over that I'm not supporting. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, you know, I guess my next question is how should like, you know, so say there is a company, they have the capacity, they have the capacity to give financially um, and possibly do more. How should corporations decide which organizations they support? Like what, what advice would you give a, com- a company um, should they be su- supporting specific types of organizations? Um, yeah, like what, what advice would you give? Yeah, I mean, so, so you know, we, we kind of went through a similar process. Uh, you know, in, it's, it's, you know, those in New York City, New York State, they, they know about, a lot of people in this field know about the work that we've been trying to do and the work that we've done, you know, part of my major work. And, you know, I'm just going to, we had a regrant project where in, 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 in the wake of George Floyd's murder, you know, we had an influx of donations and we made a decision that because we no longer, it, it, most, some people had wanted us to use that, those donations for protest bail. We had, you know, after the 2000, 2019's version of bail reform in, in, in New York City, in New York State, we made a decision that we weren't going to be, you know, collaborators with, you know, processes and policies that, that try to normalize bail in ways that we thought weren't, wasn't healthy and, and, and didn't, promote the ideal of freedom that we want to establish, you know, that, that we're fighting for. And so because of that, we made a decision that we would try to take those funds and, and directly give them to people that was doing the work around the issues of police brutality and incarceration and abolition. And uh, we stood by that. And it, the, the next phase was, well, how do we determine who we get this money to? So this is not like a hypothetical that we're talking. We, we were faced with this very question. And what we decided to do was we decided to find people who were on the ground doing the work, who also knew people who were doing the work. And we, we formed an advisory committee with those people that were from New York State and New York City. And 
they helped us. We worked very closely together to do an open call where we identified and encouraged people doing this work to, to, to basically apply in a, in a very, very simplistic way. Like, just tell us what you do where you're at. And, and, and this was open to organizations and individuals alike because we acknowledge the fact that there are individuals doing this work that literally can't pay their bills because they're doing this work. They chose between doing what was right and fighting for change and taking a job. And, and we said that we don't want to perpetuate the type of you know, philanthropic industrial complex policies that penalize you for not being there yet. When in actuality, any of those organizations will hire you and pay you peanuts, right? And uh, so that is the approach we took. So what I was just anyone, any organization, any corporation trying to find people to give money to, I would suggest one is you, you find out who's doing the work and you have conversations with them about who's doing the work. Uh, and again, this is it's kind of like a, a bottom-up approach. And, and what you'll find is that activists, organizers, and people who, you know, advocates, people who are, have been knee-deep in this work have been doing this work together and know where the gaps are and how they need to be filled. And they know how to have those conversations with each other in ways that we just couldn't, in ways that corporations just can't. Uh, and, and if you really want to have an impact, you have to talk to people directly impacted. That's just, that's just the reality, right? That what we think is happening, how we think we perceive, you know, how things are moving is not always the reality on the ground for the people who are actually moving things. And uh, that is my advice on what should be done. And listen, it's not, and again, it's, it's a very tough process. Uh, you know, there's always, the gaps, the gaps are so wide. There are so many of them. And, you know, with $50 billion, you're not going to fill all of them. You know, we work with much less than that. But the reality is that there is so much work that needs to be supported. So many people doing the work that need to be supported. That, you know, this is in itself an effort that is just as big as the effort of the work that they're doing, which is trying to find them so we can support them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go off script a little here, but what about like, you know, like uh, in doing fundraising, like I know this, like we get this question a lot and um, like what about the risk involved? Like, you know, from, from the perspective of the donor, like how do I know that the group that I'm giving money to, like what, whatever, what they're saying, what their plan is, is going to work? Like to what degree should I consider a risk? And again, so here, here's my, here, here's my, here's my uh, take on that. And, and my take is, you know, it's somewhat unorthodox, which is my intention is to support the work. If someone fails in doing the work, right, then someone else is going to get up in their place. But we always support who's doing the work. I guess what I'm saying is that, you know, we would like to know there's an end game. These issues are so huge. The work that goes into them is so, are so complex that we can't measure. We can't, what is it? It's called uh, SWAT. We can't SWAT analysis this thing. Unfortunately, that's just this analysis plan you have that most businesses like, you know, you look at all these different angles and you make a decision whether or not, you, whether or not this strategy or this particular business proposal is worth it. Uh, Unfortunately, we just can't do it. There are great activists that start off great and then something happens and it flops. Whether they make one wrong decision somewhere, but the reality is in the moment of doing the work, every single chip away at the mountain matters. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can't get caught up in, am I qualified? Because this really boils down, am I qualified? Am I qualified to, legitim to, to basically give a stamp of approval of whether or not this work is meaningful or not? And we just don't, it's just not, you know, as I remember, you know, I always talk about this. I was, I was formerly incarcerated. 
And as a former incarcerated person, most of the people I met in prison were like, I want to go home and I want to start this program. And I want to do this. And I want to tell you, every time I heard I was like, that's a mountain right there. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, however, you deserve, if, if you're committed and you, have the, and you have some life experiences and you, and, you have some, and you have a dedication to fighting for this cause, you deserve a right to go put some marks on that mountain. Right? And it's going to take a lot of people putting marks on that mountain. I don't care if it's changing, you know, the way, you know, youth are being treated or, or behaving in black communities. I don't care if it's the way, you know, we have a lack of access to medical care. Right? These are, it, it, there are so many issues that people say they want to support. How do you measure? Well, we don't think that's going to be an effective plan about. You never know how it's going to catch. But what you do know is there are people doing this work that have been doing this work, and they know who's doing the work. And, yeah, you might get some misses. You can't concern you. It just goes back to the least you could do is support. And what you're supporting is about whether it is hope in the idea that if we do this work long enough and hard enough, we can change things. Not what date can we say is going to change, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that question of deliverables with this work is, 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 is very misplaced. This is not a deliverables. This is not a deliverables work. It's not a deliverable space. Or at least it's not a place for like, you know, like someone that's considering donating deliverables shouldn't be the factor that they consider. Now, if the organization wants to have its own deliverables, that's different. That's like, that's different. Um, Yeah. I mean, my take on this is like, it's a few things. One, like, you know, I hate the way that some people compare nonprofit, the nonprofit sector to like corporations mm-hmm. and the private sector because do you know how many businesses start each year and fail like thousands of businesses don't make it past one year and that doesn't stop you know like people and you know and frankly these are these same rich individuals and corporations from investing in these businesses in the private sector so like one what makes you think it would be different in the nonprofit sector i would venture to say the nonprofit sector is probably more successful um, in that regard in terms of like success the second thing is that um you know like if you know if an organization if an idea doesn't go as planned or if it fails that's not a bad thing. That means, like, you know, when you're dealing with addressing, like, social problems and someone has an idea for a strategy and it doesn't work, that's good. Now we know that strategy doesn't work for this problem. Now we have, like, now we just have more information we could use to plan something different and go in a different direction. Um, and then the other thing, like, is just, like, black, not just black communities, just, like, dealing, like, social justice issues, issues like policing and like mass incarceration and immigration like uh, there just hasn't been money put toward dealing with those issues historically like no one is you know like we've seen like you know people have invested billions of dollars in figuring out climate change and in the environment healthcare since the 60s and 70s that hasn't been done with incarceration and policing and so we don't know what works because no one is putting money toward figuring it out that's what's that's like that's the problem that's why we can't have deliverables that's why we can't we can't swat it out because we need to get to the place where we're really trying things so that we can assess the strengths yes. and weaknesses and so forth and so you know there's like a you know i guess like just to put it bluntly like when like companies like that have this criteria like they just have to take a chill pill and trust communities to to try things out and then I think it's a matter of issues and not people organizations. 
It's like, no, we know that policing is a problem in this country. We're going to find and support people working on this issue to make this better. I, su- I support people working on it. I support people on orgs working on this organization, on, on, the, on this issue. Organizations working on this issue. And what that means is, like you said, we're exploring every opportunity to make this better and supporting people that are working hard to make this better. Mm-hmm. And some of them, right, may not last for various reasons. I, I don't think people, it's funny, we, we have a term like the hardest working person in showbiz, the hardest working person in, you know, entertainment. Or they do this amount of shows, they do that many show, amount of shows. There are people that literally every day get up and travel somewhere to stand on some steps to say, no, we not taking this. And then travel somewhere else to be on a panel or just be in a room when someone they know is on a panel. These are very, you know, activists and organizers and advocates are very hardworking people. They don't have fancy cars. They don't have, again, they usually have less than a living wage, especially if they're in New York City. They have less than a living wage and no one, is work. This, mm-hmm. this, this is serious work. And, 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 and this, and you know, part of what it means to support people who do this work is to remove the barriers that prevent them from doing the work. And when you say you want to, this is where the, the at least donate thing comes in at. Every time you donate to an organization, you allow them to hire someone or pay someone's salary. Right? And if you think the issue is important enough, the question of, well, I, I need to know that this person's clocking in eight hours or, and this person's, when you think they're not clocked in, they clocked in. Yep. We, don't, we don't work eight-hour days. <laughs> you know, we, you know, most, this is a rapid response life. Because unfortunately, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things to rapidly respond to. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that I think, again, this, and this goes back to having those conversations with the people on the ground, right? It's great that we have the, the symbols of the movements. That's great. But we have to move beyond it. And the symbols are important to bring people in. Once you come in, you need to have more conversation with people that's on the ground. So you can see, then you won't have these doubts about whether or not your money's, where your money's going. Right, you're going to meet somebody who's going to yeah. tell you, you're going to see what their life is like. You say, oh, I don't have a, I'm, I'm, I'm supporting, I have a doubt about what's about to happen. Even if it doesn't, even if that strategy doesn't work, I know their hard work. I know they're committed and dedicated to this issue. I know this issue deeply affects them and they want to make change. And I, and, I, and I have faith that they're going to do everything in their power to make that change come about. Yep. And you're building the infrastructure within the community to continue to work for change. So like the, you know, like the goal isn't always going to be to the solution. Like the goal sometimes is the journey and it's like the process of getting there and it's the infrastructure that's being built that will eventually result in the justice that we want to see. Absolutely. And, and we've seen that. Yeah. We've seen that. There are people that are no longer here that worked on a walking while trans, right? Yeah. They're not here. They put in work, you know, three, four years ago. There are people that are right now fighting for, you know, uh, defunding the police that when we get this policing thing right, they're not going to be here. But the work they're doing right now is important. That's what it means to support. It's, this, is, this is a movement. It's not a campaign. It is a movement that has multiple campaigns to move towards the goal, right? Whether it be ending mass incarceration, whether it be having true equality and equitability in this country when it comes to pay and women's pay and, and equal gender rights. I mean, th- there are a number of things that we talk about when we talk about you know, social justice, and they are a collection of 
campaigns, a, le- a collection of strategies, a collection of different approaches to solving this problem? Well, I think that's like a good place to end it. Um, you know, thanks as always, Sally. Great conversation. And um, thank you, listeners. Um, you know, you can learn more about our work at brooklynbailfund.org. Over the next few weeks, we're going to have some very exciting updates for you um, with respect to our organization and changes happening here. We have a lot of big things on the horizon at BCBF, and we can't wait um, to tell all of you about it. Um, but until then, peace out.